The Last Word with Matt Cooper. So you're going to the Night and Day Festival, which is on in Lockheed Forest Park in Roscommon. The weekend after this one, 24th and 25th of June, if you are, one of the acts that you will be able to see is Pillow Queens. And we're delighted to have vocalist and guitarist from Pillow Queens, Sarah Corcoran, with us today for the Culture Club. Sarah, thank you very much for being with us. Thanks for having me, Matt. I hope the weather is going to be as good that weekend as it is at present. What's it like doing outdoor gigs compared to doing indoor venues? When you get the weather, it's the best thing in the entire world. But when you don't, it's a bit of a disaster. (laughs) Have you had experiences of the disastrous outdoors? Yeah, you're kind of hoping the equipment lasts the duration of your set. Um, We haven't had anything explode just yet. But now that I've said it, it probably will at the next festival. And how enjoyable is it getting out into a live outdoor festival, particularly after the couple of years where that type of thing didn't happen? Yeah, it's incredible. It's really nice. Um, Audience engagement is just vital when you're a musician, I think. And it was really tough to not have that for a couple of years. So, yeah, we we complain about lifting heavy amps and then we realise that actually we're incredibly lucky to be able to do this. So, yeah, it's wonderful. I love it. Are you still at the stage where you're lifting the amps for yourself? Oh, God, yeah. Yeah, but it's a workout, you know. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, let's go to the choices that you have for the Culture Club. And we ask everybody to admit to the first single that they've ever bought. Mm. And you seem to have a really clear memory of your first single. Yeah, I think it's something that we talk about a lot within the band. I think the other members of Pillow Queens have much cooler answers than I do, unfortunately. Um... But I'm I'm proud of my choice. I think it's really, it's great that it's Irish for one. Um, and I think it really sets the scene of what the music industry was like, particularly for a young girl growing up in Dublin. So what's your choice? My choice is Perfect Bliss by the band Bellfire. I don't know, Matt, if you remember Bellfire, but they were a pretty big deal for me. Um, they were one of Louis Walsh's attempts at constructing a, a manufacturing a girl group. And I think it went pretty well. This song was everywhere for a while, um, including in Golden Discs in the Omni Park Shopping Centre in Santry when I was a kid. And I was doing the big shop with my mom, and my cousin Ali convinced me to go into Golden Discs and buy this single. So I did and I completely rinsed it and I know every single word and harmony and yeah, it's and it still stands up as one of the better songs, I think. Let's hear a little bit of Belfar, Perfect Bliss. Nothing to be scared about When it feels like this, it's some kind of 
Sarah, I don't know if you'd know the answer to this, but whatever happened to Belfire? Because listening to that, it sounds like the sort of perfect type of pop that would have broken the United States. Well, I'm so glad you asked because I did recently spend a lot of time on their Wikipedia page. Um, I think (laughs) ITV, as far as I know, now I didn't take notes on this, but this is my recollection. ITV were to do a reality series following the band and Louis Walsh, apparently said behind closed doors in a, in a secret interview that one of the vocalists was the only one that he particularly cared about. Now, I'm, this is probably, you know, allegedly kind of behaviour here. Um, but it, it caused ructions among the band because it was aired on the reality TV show and so the band split up. That's what I've heard anyway. That's very good. And they could have been big, do you think? Yeah, I think oh, it's so difficult when you're manufacturing a band. Like, you've got to really want to spend time with the people that you're in a band with. And I think that's a real conscious decision you need to make on the daily. And if you've just been put together with these people, it's going to, well, cracks are going to emerge. How do Pillow Queens come together? So given that you've already mentioned that your fellow band members have what you'd say are cooler choices as first <laughs> singles. How do Pillow Queens come together? Uh, we actually came together playing basketball in Dublin. So we, it was a warm summer and we wanted to do something that wasn't just going to the pub. So we invited all of our female friends out to play basketball and said, encourage them to bring friends of friends. And then we ended up mm, in the pub anyway at the end of it and discussing music and we decided to form the band then. But at that stage, how many of you were actually playing the instruments? We were all playing. We'd all been in different bands. But I think as we had gotten into our 20s, the enthusiasm from other band members had sort of worn off and we were the members in the band that still wanted to do it so we wanted to start something new and tour and release albums so that's what we did. Why? What's the attraction of it? Oh well seven years into it I don't really know the answer to that no I'm only kidding. Um, it's again the the live experience playing to, to audiences to festivals getting to travel the world meeting people you never thought you'd get to meet um, being asked your opinions on things I mean you know it, it's it's incredible. It's a it's a really cool opportunity. And have you ever come across Louis Walsh? <laughs> I did. Uh, <laughs> I would have loved to have been in one of those, those manufactured bands for a period. Um, no, we ran into him at the Choice Prize Music Awards, and he said, uh, "What's your band called?" And we said, "Pillow Queens," and he said, "Never heard of you." <laughs> How did you react to that? Just laughed. He said, why don't you send us a demo or something? And I mean, we were about three or four years into the band at that stage, so we decided against it. All right, let's move on to some of your other choices. <laughs> Favourite album, which I think is a very hard one to ask anybody, but particularly somebody who completely lives for music. So what are you giving us? I've recently gotten really into Interpol. Um, I was very slow to come to Interpol. In fact, I'd never heard of them Weirdly, um, again, the band, the rest of Pillow Queens are very surprised at this. They they put a song of theirs on our album three influences playlist that we're putting together so that everybody is sort of on the same page as to what we're, what our influences are. And the song was called Slow Hands. And to me, Slow Hands is a song by Niall Horan of Mullingar One Direction fame. Um, but it's also a song from Interpol's Antics album that I absolutely adore. So since then, I've just been listening to an awful lot of Interpol. Um, yeah, so that, that album Antics is really, really incredible. Let's hear a little bit of slow hands from it.
Oh, there's a great choice. Interpol, the album Antics and the track Slow Hands, which is choice of Sarah Corcoran from Pillow Queens, who's with us for the Culture Club this evening. So if that is a favourite album, you've given us a long list of favourite bands or artists. Take it through. Take us through them. Well, this is something that's ever changing. Um, as soon as I see a new band live, I usually get completely immersed in their record history for the next few weeks. Um and I think there's an awful lot of incredible Irish music at the moment. Um, I was lucky enough to play the Irish showcase at South by Southwest last year in LA. And it, the amount of acts that were playing that I would have gone to headline shows of, I would have paid good money to be there and I was able to just see them for free. Um, one of those bands and a band that are doing just incredible things and touring around the place and they're just very cool I think they're the next band that are just going to blow up um, our band called Gurriers and I seeing them live last year at South by Southwest I just couldn't understand why they hadn't already become world famous so I imagine that's the next step for them This is the second time recently on The Last Word we've had the cho- chance to play a little bit of from Gurriers Sign of the Times <laughs> Gurriers, Sign of the Times. Sarah, it was our regular music reviewer, Dee Reddy, who recommended that quite recently for us. And I see you've also got her sister, who's also done the Culture Club, but is previously Alva Reddy on your list as well. I do, but I was going to leave her out because she's staying over at my house tonight and I didn't want to be kind of fangirling about it. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Alva's a really good friend of mine. Her latest album, I got a leak of maybe... A, almost, no, not a year ago, maybe nine months ago. And it was my only bookmark on my uh, Google Chrome browser for a while because it was the one website that I just kept revisiting. The album's amazing. Um, and it's kind of, it's a strange thing to say that about one of your friends, but it's she's an incredible songwriter. She just knows how to tap into that. I, I don't know, just that human existence. And, and she does, she's quite earnest about it, but it's never cringy. Um, yeah, it's a great album, Endless Affair. Everybody should. And what else do you have on your lists of favorite bands and artists? 
Uh, who else do I have? There's uh, a great new collaboration between Irish musicians Ezra Williams and Sammy Copley. Copley, I'm not sure how to pronounce that. Um, but they, yeah, they, I, I knew them as individual musicians before this collaboration, but I think the two of them working together is really, really beautiful. Um, and I know that Orla Gartland, who's an Irish musician who's living in London, has just started a new band that have their first single out today. I think their name is Fizz. Um, but yeah, I'm really excited about what that's going to look like because I, I just, I love Orla's stuff. I think she's incredibly talented. Um, and then Green Chatton of Fontaine's DC fame has some new solo stuff out and I've been playing that a lot. What about gigs? Are, given that you play a lot of gigs, do you go to a lot of them? I do. I didn't before COVID. I'd kind of maybe become a little bit tired of them or maybe I just took it for granted that I could go to them anytime I wanted. But because I missed them so much when we couldn't go to them, the moment that we could again, I sort of started buying tickets to everything or, you know, asking for guest list anytime I could. Um, and <laughs> I think there's, it's incredible that bands make the effort to come to, to Ireland. I guess I'm based in Dublin, so maybe specifically to Dublin. Um, they could so easily not, they could stop at the UK and not bother to come over. But I think a lot of bands do make the effort to come over and I, I really appreciate that. So I want to go to gigs, support the promoters where I can and just keep encouraging that. And what in particular have you liked? Uh, very recently, I went to see a band called Shame at the Button Factory. Shame, I became aware of kind of around the same time I became aware of Idols and kind of the around, around the time that, that Fontaine's DC were blowing up as well. And I started, it got lost for me in that, in that world where I just thought I'll get to it eventually. And I never really did. So when I saw that they were coming to Dublin, I thought, OK, I need to make sure that I, I go to this gig. And they did two sold out shows in the Button Factory one night after another and I was at the first night and it it was mind blowing. It was absolutely mind blowing. I think especially as somebody who is on stage frequently, what they do while they're on stage is remarkable because they, they're just performers as well as incredible musicians. And I think trying to, to marry those two things together, it's a, it's a skill. It's a really particular skill. Their, fr- their front person is really amazing you just came right out of the audience just walked on people's heads and just came into the middle with the microphone and yeah it was it was a great experience we don't have shame from the button factory but we do have them playing in manchester in march this year That's Shame playing in Manchester in March. Their choice from Sarah Corcoran, best gig she's seen recently, which was at the Button Factory. But you have a couple of other ones on the list. Mitski, you love watching. Oh, yeah. I've seen Mitski play a bunch of times. Most recently in Vicar Street last year, last spring. Um, and she's kind of made, she used to be um, 
playing the likes of Whelan's, Workman's, that kind of thing. And she's sort of made the step up across the board internationally now where she's playing bigger venues to bigger people. I know she toured with Harry Styles last year, so that kind of elevated her fame a little bit. Um, she's, yeah, she's an incredible performer. She's really intense, uh, but in a great way. And yeah, her songs just have a way of speaking to me and it means that I've cried at every single live performance I've seen her at. And that's not something I frequently do. So yeah, I would recommend Mitski. And one last live performer, and I'm surprised to see this on the list. Harry Styles, were you at Slane at the weekend? No, I wish. I really wish. I went to see him last year at the Aviva uh, for my mum's birthday, the two of us went. And he puts on a spectacular show. I wasn't a One Direction fan. I never really listened to them at all. Um, Maybe out of snobbery, I'm not sure. Because actually in hindsight, they're a pretty good band. Um, But he's... Phenomenal. I really think he's great. Again, he's a, a wonderful performer and, and a great songwriter and his band are exceptional. Um, yeah, I, I loved it. I'd go again. Sarah Cochran from Pillow Queens is our guest on the Culture Club this evening. Pillow Queens are playing at the Light and Day Festival, which is on the weekend after this one, 24th and 25th of June in Lockheed Forest Park in County Roscommon. We've got more of Sarah's choices in the Culture Club when we come back after this break. Welcome back. Sarah Corcoran from Pillow Queens is with us today on the Culture Club and we're moving away from the music now, Sarah, and we'll get into other things such as movies. Mm-hmm. And uh, you have a big interest in movies. I think you actually did your degree in movies, did you? I did indeed. I'm a bit of a film buff. Um, I worked in the Irish Film Institute in town in Dublin um, for about six years and from there I decided I wanted to study film so I went and did a master's in film and decided to be a filmmaker. This was pre-music. I was going to be a filmmaker. I decided I was going to do film. And I did try, but it's very difficult. So I'm a musician now. Um, but I I still what's, so, what's so difficult about it? Uh, you know, there's a lot of moving parts. Um, and you kind of just have to have a big team of people around you. And yeah, I don't know. I just, it, I found it extremely difficult to get into. So I still make stuff at home for my own um Amusement, but that's all. What sort of stuff? Like music videos for bands and they never get to actually see them. Um, Music videos for my own band, but, you know, we then, we we also hire other artists to work with us. So, yeah, that kind of thing. Could you get back to it in the future? Yeah, I'd love to. I think if I took the pressure off it, I think I'd, I'd put too much pressure on myself to make it into a career. And when that didn't happen immediately, I, I, I just lost the love for it a little bit. But yeah, definitely in the future. Okay, your choices though of favourite movies are not, and don't get me wrong when I say this, they're not standard IFI material, are they? No, no. Although I did try and get the IFI to show more of these kind of movies while I was there. Um, I think it was studying film at an academic level sort of put me off watching any intelligent movies for quite a while. So my list of favourite movies is just, uh, I don't know, chewing gum for the mind. Um I love Free Willy. (laughs) I think any movie about uh, Killer Whale is just going to be wonderful. I'm a big fan of Killer Whales and it's just such a, it's such a beautiful movie and a stunning soundtrack. Um, And I love Clueless from 1995. I think it's one of the greatest movies ever made. I watch it probably six times a year. It's great. Let's let's hear a clip from it. And Alicia Silverstone playing Cher debates immigration policy with Amber, played by Lisa Donovan. 
Should all oppressed people be allowed refuge in America? Amber will take the count position. Cher will be pro. Cher, two minutes. So, okay. Like right now, for example, the Hadians need to come to America. But some people are all, what about the strain on our resources? But it's like when I had this garden party for my father's birthday, right? I said RSVP because it was a sit-down dinner. But people came that, like, did not RSVP. So I was, like, totally bugging. I had to haul ass to the kitchen, redistribute the food, squish in extra place settings. But by the end of the day, it was like, the more, the merrier. And so, if the government could just get to the kitchen, rearrange some things, we could certainly party with the Hadians. And in conclusion, may I please remind you that it does not say RSVP on the Statue of Liberty. Thank you very much. Uh, Amber, uh, reply. Mr. Hall, how can I answer that? The topic is Haiti, and she's talking about some little party. Hello, it was his 50th birthday. <laughs> right. Clueless from 1995. I take it you all back. That was insightful stuff. I don't know how I've missed that. It's actually a very intelligent film. <laughs> but I believe you also love movies for the soundtracks. Yeah, definitely. I think that sometimes it ends up being the reason that I get into a movie is because I've started listening to the soundtrack and I just think, OK, what what is this from? Um, one of those movies is Garden State, um, which was just... For me, in the early 2000s, a, a cult film and for all my friends as well. I think we all just burned CDs of that soundtrack and passed them around to each other. So, yeah, that was Zach Braff, um, directorial debut, I believe. Um, yeah, amazing. Um, 500 Days of Summer for the same reason. Just an incredible soundtrack um, and one that I return to a lot. And then more recently, Licorice Pizza, which I know divided people. It was a Paul Thomas Anderson movie, but I went to cinema three times to see it and I now have the soundtrack on vinyl because I loved it so much. Yeah, sometimes the soundtrack can be better. I watched that recently as well and the music would be the standout more probably than the story which I thought just fell down a little. Another one would be Air. I don't know if you're into 80s music but the oh. movie Air has the most terrific 1980s mid-1980s soundtrack. Yeah. Oh, I haven't seen it yet. I'm really looking forward to seeing it. Okay, I'll add it to the list. It, it's the music. If you like mm. mid-80s music, you love that. Okay, what about plays or musicals or theatre? What do you go for? Um, I'm a bit of a snob when it comes to this because I've always considered myself not to be interested in, in theatre. But I actually think I've fought it for so long based on a, a sentence I said when I was in my teens about it not being for me. And so I just made it part of my personality. However, I've recently discovered that that's not true. It is for me. It absolutely is for me. I think it's probably for everyone because there's so much diversity in it that you could probably find something that you like no matter what your preferences are. Um, I was recently in Australia um, for Christmas and my girlfriend's best friend went to see Hamilton 10 times and told me all about it and I was not convinced to begin with but... If you can go and sit through something 10 times, you must really, really, really love it. So I decided to go and see Hamilton and then I went to see Hamilton again and I would maybe go and see it a third time because it's, I think, one of the best things I've ever seen um, or listened to. 
Um, I've even set my phone alarm to wake me up with one of the songs. I'm not giving away my shot. Wakes me up every morning. So, <laughs> yeah, it's it's amazing. And again, like, it was something that I just didn't think. If you described it to me, I just wouldn't have been interested. I don't think I would have just thought it was not for me. It's not made for me. But it's, it's incredible. It, it's probably for everyone. And it's really intelligent and it's really well done. And the music's amazing. And the delivery on stage is incredible. And they're just some of the finest performers I've ever seen. It's coming to Dublin. I don't know if it's later this year. I think it might be next year. Next and, year yeah. I'm, and I'm going to go and see it again because I saw it in Chicago once and I thought it was absolutely terrific. Yeah. Let's get a clip from the original cast of Hamilton on Broadway. And this is uh, Lin-Manuel Miranda as Alexander Hamilton. I'm going to get a scholarship to King's College. I probably shouldn't brag, but dad, I'm amazed and astonished. The problem is I got a lot of brains, but no polish. I got a holler just to be heard with every word. I drop knowledge, I'm a diamond in the rough. A shiny piece of coal trying to reach my goal My power of speech, unimpeachable Only 19, but my mind is over These New York City streets get cold I shoulder every burden, every disadvantage I've learned to manage I don't have a gun to brandish I walk these streets famished The plan is to fan this spark into a flame But damn, it's getting dark, so let me spell out the name I am the Endlessly, essentially, they tax us relentlessly. Then King George turns around, runs a spending spree. He ain't ever gonna set his descendants free. So there will be a revolution in this century. And to me, he says in parentheses. Don't be shocked when your history book mentions me. I will lay down my life if it sets us free. Eventually, you'll see my ascendancy. And I am not thrown away my shot. shot. I am not thrown away my shot. And you're just like my country. I'm young, scrappy, and hungry. Ah, the wonderful Hamilton. Okay, let's move on because we're getting tight on time here, Sarah. What about favourite book or author? Uh, Caroline O'Donoghue. She's an incredible Irish author and she has a book called Scenes of a Graphic Nature. Um, The reason that I came to uh, read it was somebody told me in a smoking area that she had actually referenced a Pillow Queen song in the book. So I had to get my hands on it immediately and I absolutely inhaled it. yeah, it's incredible. She's She's got a new book coming out called The Rachel Incident that I can't wait to get my hands on as well. Um, yeah, I think she's absolutely amazing, Caroline Donahue. She's due to join us on the programme, I think, in the next few <gasps> weeks. Okay, favourite television show. Tell us about your obsession with The Simpsons. Uh, it used to be my entire personality. I would have made uh, jokes based on the quotes and I, I think all of my original film references were actually just films I'd seen through the lens of The Simpsons without even knowing. Um, I, I just think that seasons one through 11 are absolute genius and nothing will ever change my mind on that. You got as far as season 11? I did. Not as many people as I thought made it to season 11, but I kept going. I was, I again, made that my, my identity that I was a, a Simpsons fan, so I couldn't really stop watching. Otherwise, I'd lose myself. But yeah, after season 11, it just kind of lost it for me. And would you ever watch it now, any of the new ones, or would you watch reruns of the early editions? Oh, I definitely watch reruns. I subscribe to Disney Plus just so I could watch reruns of it. <laughs> Let's hear a clip from The Simpsons. I don't know which season this is from, but this is Homer doing an intelligence test where they find something unusual. Damn it! Man, is he dumb. Where do they get these subjects? He's a little too well fed to be a wino. Hey, what's that? Zoom in on Section 8. Rotate 20 degrees. (gasps) 
Mr. Simpson, I'm afraid you have a crayon lodged in your brain. There's a crayon in my brain? But I've had thousands of head x-rays. How come no one ever noticed it before? Oh, I can answer that. You see, whenever I pick up an x-ray, I always hold it like this. My thumb must have covered up the crayon every time. <laughs> I'll throw myself out. Do you have any idea how this might have happened? Well, I'm not sure, but it might have happened when I was six. Fourteen. Fifteen. Sixteen. Woohoo! Oh, I don't feel so good. Yeah, I think that's all of them. Mr. Simpson, this could be responsible for your subnormal intelligence. Hey, I came here to be drugged, electrocuted, and probed, not insulted. We could remove the crayon for you. It could vastly increase your brain power. Or it could possibly kill you. Hmm. Increase my killing power, eh? Let's do it. Oh, do you I'm remember that, Sarah? I do, I do. I'm visualizing every single scene. It's brilliant. <laughs> what have you graduated to since The Simpsons when it comes to television viewing? Oh, God, I'm really bad with TV, actually. Um, oh, just reality TV show, to be honest. Um, Love Island. <laughs> That's okay. Lots of people yeah? do that. Okay, good, good. All right. To finish, we ask each guest to do what we call buried treasure. Just something that might be a little bit more unusual. A song, a band, a painting, a podcast, a book, TV show, anything that you think people should know more about. And you've come up with an album, which I have to admit I have never heard of. Tell us about it. Good. Yeah, it's an album released in 2001. It's called Idol Will Kill and it's by a band called Oscar. Uh, the record was put out on Epitaph Records, but... I think the band used to use their live platform to heavily critique the punk scene, which wasn't a very popular thing to do back then. So Idol Will Kill was their final album. Um, yeah, it's a, it's a, it's an introspective record, but the music is kind of skate punk mixed with early 2000s emo. And I absolutely love it. They did a re-release of the album on pink vinyl a few years ago, and it's one of my most prized possessions. So, yeah, I would recommend. Oscar, Idol Will Kill, the track that we've picked is strangled i feel strangled i feel torn into insufficient amounts of two is this a sign Strangled by Oscar, the final choice of Sarah Corcoran in tonight's Culture Club. Sarah, thank you for being with us. And just check, when will Pillow Queens have new music out? I know you're going to be in the Night and Day Festival, but when are we going to hear new music from you? We might 
actually play a new song at Night and Day Festival, so stay tuned for that. Uh, we're booked in to record our third album at the end of the summer, so whenever we can get that pressed onto vinyl, then we'll release it. So yeah, soon. Excellent. Sarah Corcoran from Pillow Queens. Thank you so much for being with us for the Culture Club today. The Last Word with Matt Cooper. Weekdays from 4.30. Today and-